Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Aurora. And I'm Stella. And this week we are discussing Series 7, Episode 9, Hide by Neil Cross. Um, and this one's a spooky ghost story. Um, I like how it takes spooky ghost story and puts it in a Doctor Who setting. It's a good spooky ghost story and definitely one of the top two spooky mansion setting Doctor Who episodes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you haven't seen Ghost Light, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, if... If haunting a Villa Diodati didn't exist, just in a vacuum, forget, forget. The oh, I was also thinking it. of the the one with twelve and Bill. Yeah. There, All right. Well, the... okay. Top five spooky <laughs> mansion <laughs> settings in Doctor Who. It's it's up there. It's it's a quirky little episode, and and I respect that. Um. So yeah. Uh. It, uh, the doctor and Clara, uh, go to a, uh, haunted house, uh, in, in one of England's moors, uh, where there's a, a professor and a psychic who are searching for this ghost, uh, that has haunted the house for years. Um, are they real people? Because it was treated no. like they, they were historical no. people. No, 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 they're not real people. Fun fact, though, uh, the actress who plays Emma Grayling goes on to play Verity Lambert, the original, one of the uh, original producers of Doctor Who. In that's an why she space looks familiar. Yep. Right. Because <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah. yeah, she looks familiar because I've seen Adventure in Space and Time. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, I think uh, the guy who plays the professor was like the bad guy in like a Mission Impossible movie once. I don't know. I haven't. I I, I haven't seen the movie that he's in for a long while, and I only saw it once. Um. Oh yeah, so yeah Mission I, Impossible Two. That that's yeah. a weird. That's a weird cut. Yeah. Uh, atmosphere wise, it's really good. Um, this is really like. I mean, I know the BBC can do old houses really well, but I think this is really a case of, like, the Moffat era, like, cine like cinematography and production values really helping pull off old house. Like, it looks real nice. Yeah, they do good stuff with angles and lighting and mm. the score. Just everything set to um, build the tension again sort sort of sort of like a old old war except cold war, yeah. um except not in a submarine so yeah. kind kind of samey with the with the scary like confined theme but they do enough different with it that i'm that i'm chilling yeah. yeah i would also say i mean yeah the lighting is good and it also just helps with some of the special effects in the episode the cg and stuff mhm mm chemistry also continues to be good i liked i keep liking the clara and matt smith dynamic more than i 
remember it. Um, yeah, it works all right here. I think it really kind of it falls apart near the end of the series, like as but like here at least it's it's pretty good. But it, we're still like kind of we're it's weird to say we're in the early days because they only had like seven episodes together, seven or eight. But yeah, it's um. I mean, I, I kind of expected it because I liked Clara and uh, Eleven's back and forth in the Rings of Akaten, um, which this writer also wrote that one. So oh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah, he did. And uh, fun fact, this is also um, Jenna Louise Coleman's first. This was the first story she filmed as like a proper series regular. Um, so yeah, Snowman, that makes sense. Snowman and uh, the Asylum of the Daleks she had already done, but this was the first one where she was a proper like modern day clara um so you know props that i would not have known that um yeah they usually they usually tend to uh film like the mid-season filler episode like first for when there's like a new companion they usually like don't film like the companion introduction episode until like they've like gotten into the swing of things a little bit more Um, yeah, um, yeah I think just, just saying more on the, the Clara and Eleven dynamic, um, I, I, I especially like the, the sort of dynamic of doubting him that she starts to develop in this episode. Yeah. Um, because I think it's a, it's a good sort of counterbalance to sort of Amy and Rory's arc, like Amy's specifically her arc of having like absolute faith in the doctor is that Clara is sort of starting out from this point of like, she's along for the ride, but she's still kind of wary of him. And she sort of picks up very quickly that he's like detached and otherworldly. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's honestly kind of like how, how because like especially like once you get into uh 12 and clara uh you start to run into kind of that thing once again where it's back to like like her basically like trusting him or maybe not trusting him but being like much more like buddy buddy and like it's even in universe stated that she basically starts to become uh like him um whereas then you go to bill who like constantly asks questions and is like wait hang on a minute and is like like calls like says that the tardis is like a really fancy kitchen and just like throws him for a loop because he's not used to it yeah it's a nice uh it's a nice place to start off with again contrasting sort of the earlier thrust of amy um I do like there's a lot of good like there's there's a lot of good moments with um one I was going to bring up was um Clara and Emma and her line of like he has a, a sliver of ice in his heart or something like that um I forget exactly and we see that we see Clara discover that when um he puts on he puts on the classic uh suit and is just hopping through time as if it were nothing um i always like those moments like rose had one in um 
first second episode where they realize like oh my gosh like this is serious like this this man is larger than life larger than anything we could imagine um so yeah i i like moments like that it it's nice when oops Oops. that was me (laughs) rip um anyways yeah it it, it'll be nice when we get to explore that more with 12 because i think that's when that element of their dynamic comes to the forefront it's interesting how she gets more comfortable with the doctor once he starts becoming like more outwardly like unlikable for lack of a better term yeah and i think i think that's actually a really good bit of subtle characterization for her is that she doesn't like feeling misled about what someone's deal is and i think she's she has a bit of distrust of 11 because there's that discrepancy because between his outer demeanor being very personable and that you know what 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 gets called that sliver of ice in his heart um, versus with, with 12, who's just a grumpy asshole and is, is yeah. upfront about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. See, I, I also, I, I do kind of like the way, cause like, obviously it's a doctor who episode, you know, that like, two-thirds of the way through they're gonna be like no this supernatural thing was totally like had a scientific reason or at least a more science fictiony reason uh for its existence and i think the way that they do that is is pretty solid yeah um they used the time machine in an interesting way i always like when episodes get creative with like how they use the doctor's kit it isn't just another fucking like oh i'll just point the sonic at things and solve the problem yeah um i will say the only the only thing that felt a bit shoehorned in was that we have this idea of like yeah life is scary and there's a lot of uncertainty and like terrible shit in it but like the connections we form love it's it's very like soppy and surface level but those like make life worth living and those are the things that last beyond like the material um it's not the most like profound theme and well explored but it's there and then at the very end they just decide to make the two monsters or like make the monster that's been like chasing this woman like actually not a monster and while i normally like that type of subversion yeah i was just like uh, okay it's kind it's, of like it's it's kind of like this episode for some reason like i've seen this episode again like recently but i always have trouble like remembering what really happens in it yeah it it felt it felt tacked on when i was watching it and then i again i for some reason i felt like looking into the behind the scenes of this episode and there's a lot apparently that like that last idea of like oh there's there's not just one monster there's two of them and they're actually in love apparently that's a moffat edition he was like oh, hey oh boy of course it is i want to i want to subvert <laughs> i want to subvert this and like granted there were there were some uh there were some changes to the script that moffat did like ask for that ended up being i think to the episode's credit like 
for example, I'm I'm just gonna like quote from this. In the original script, um, the pocket dimension was going to be a prison of the Lost Lord, an ancient Time Lord, also called the Revenant of Anathanon, that wanted to <laughs> that capture. That sounds way cooler. What the fuck? That wanted to <laughs> capture the Doctor in this prison, I guess, because maybe the Doctor was the one who trapped him there in the first place. And granted, that'd be like a oh. cool like. That'd be a cool setup for, like, trapping Gallifrey in a pocket dimension if it was established that Time Lords yeah. could survive there or whatever the fuck. But, I, I don't know, I, I also, kind of... Also, I could see... I could see Moffat looking at that and going, that's a little bit too similar to Doctor's Wife. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah, they even... Yeah, I, w I was thinking like they even they even call the house like the house, and if the house was another pocket, yeah, it it could have that could have very well been it, and it it very much sounds like a story that you'd want a two parter for. Yeah, yeah, because that very would much not so. that would have been super fucking rushed with. And this this <laughs> this chunk of season, actually, no, this entire season, there are no two parters in this whole season. Yeah. Just, like you, there's a loose that. like there's a loose connection between like the trilogy of episodes at the end of the at the end of the season but even then like they're very much not directly connected which is a shame because I like two-parters, and I think when they go the opposite route in season nine and are just like, hey, bro, I heard you like two-parters. Yeah. Uh, I think it worked really, really well. And unfortunately, they're probably never going to do that again, but it would be neat if they did that again. Honestly, it's they pulled it off really well. <laughs> yeah. It's also unfortunate because the next few episodes... I believe could have like worked really well as that like journey to the center of the TARDIS probably could oh, have journey used of a the bit center more space. of the TARDIS. I'm gonna have some strong fucking words for that episode. <laughs> yeah, that that in the that uh, shit nightmare sucks. In, <laughs> that in nightmare and silver could have used a bit more breathing room. Um, I don't even remember them that well, but I remember feeling like, wow, I'm like a fucking like young teenager and don't know what good writing is. But even this feels like a lot. <laughs> Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. Oh yeah, Clara fucking talks to the the TARDIS like voice interface for the first time in this episode. Maybe it's just me, but like maybe it's like just the effect they put on Clara to make her the voice interface, but it would it would be neat because because I thought she kind of looked worse, like it looked like she had like bags under her eyes, and I'm like, is the TARDIS deliberately making her kind of look worse? <laughs> Again, maybe maybe that's just me and like my head cannon reading that into like really the funny. filter, but that that was a small bit of thing. It's just like okay, if they actually did that, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be really funny. Um. You know, I, I might have zoned out. I might have zoned out. How did she actually, like, get into the TARDIS? So, 
Clara? Clara. Clara when it was yeah, it like, just, no, it I'm, just not, let her I'm in. not. It's just letter. Oh, okay. In. Oh, yeah, she, okay. She yells at it enough to build the tension and it eventually lets her in. As I said, the, the climax, even before the whole like, oh, they're actually in love twist, gets a little, gets a little busy. Yeah. Um. Like, it, they, this week, this week is like the worst time for me to like record this episode because i've been so fucking busy this week and like when i sat down to watch the episode it kind of went in one ear and out the other i think it's very easy for that to happen especially especially in this one <laughs> yeah it's a lot of atmosphere and not a lot of yeah you know fair, fair enough <laughs> And you know, like it is, it is a shame because I did like I like the aesthetics, and I like some of the the character bits with the uh, the spy dude. I don't remember, but like the spy dude professor man when he's talking to uh, Eleven and is talking about like the fact that like because of his role, he sent soldiers to die. And, like, that kind of weighs on his conscience. And also, because he's metaphorically haunted by the dead, uh, he goes and decides to be, like, literally haunted by the dead. Yeah, they're they're not... Um, I think characters like Emma and... I think his, like, first name is Scott or something. I don't know. The yeah. G generic white Brit bonger name. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, I, th I feel like characters like that are the closest we get to, like, the Moffat... Not the Moffat, the, uh... The fucking RTD, like, two-parter The RTD characters. ideal, yes. Yeah, um, which... No, we don't have a bias, shut up. Um, but, on <laughs> but honestly, it, 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 it does get close to that, I think. And that's yeah. what... Like, I, I felt the history between these characters. And I think in a lesser episode, when it gets to the climax of, like... Emma is, like, passed out. She doesn't want to, like... She doesn't think she can open the portal again. And, like, he he talks to her and builds her up and says, you know, like... Yeah. You saved yeah, me. You saved good. this girl. Yeah. yeah in, a, in a lesser script, in a lesser episode, like, that could have just been, like... We've known you for, like, 40 minutes. We don't care. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. But, like, I, I found myself invested. Their, their dynamic was quite cute. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um... You know, I don't even, what, hold on, what does the fucking monster in this even look like? I, it's, I swear it's like to a God, weird bone I swear with a to God, face. I fucking watched this episode like twice in the last like two, three months and it's like a black void and it's a shame because i don't think it's a bad episode i just i'm having a real one right now guys <laughs> okay i see i see i see that's a neat monster design i like that that's some good uh it looks practical that's some good practical yeah they they captured like the weird like jittery like uneven movement by filming it backwards 
Or no, oh, fil filming yeah. it regularly and then playing it backwards, like yeah. on, on the actual effect. So that that's some neat, like, practical effect right there. Yeah. And I mean, on, on the budget with the locations that they have, they did a good look of, like, making this completely, like, alien hellscape that isn't even technically a part of our universe. That was pretty good. Yeah, I, I especially like the transition where the doctor is in the house after he gets trapped and he takes a step forward and he's back in the forest again. Like, yeah, again, just just small touches like that that create that like tense atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it goes it it manages to stay Doctor Who while going outside the box a little in terms of like normal Doctor Who vibes. Which is, I think, something that the show should do more. At least, well, I mean, it's a double-edged sword because the show, the show then tries to do that and does some shit like fucking uh, uh, sleep no more. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I one thing I liked is at that... at least Mark Gatiss tried. <laughs> yeah, um, I like that they had that they just had someone who was. A psychic and not only like a regular psychic but an empath um yeah. and it wasn't like she was like secretly influenced by some alien pollen like well, the i mean they've the already done the legwork on like psychic existing in universe so like like it's not that tonally like a mismatch or anything for them to just include like psych because you have the psychic paper. Time lords are are noted to have some level of psychic ability. All of the Torchwood staff like got like psychic training. Right. I just mean like, cause cause you go back to something like the uh, the I always forget I always forget Margatus's first episode the title of it. Uh, Unquiet Dead. Yeah, you go back to that and it's just like, oh, you're only psychic because of the rift. And yeah. Yeah, you could maybe say like, oh, she's only this psychic because she's calling out to her future, like, descendant or whatever yeah. the fuck. But like, it's still, <laughs> she still like has that and it isn't like some extra thing. I don't know. Stuff that adds to that, like the complexity of humanity, the fantastical element. Um, yeah. Even though they were kind of sucking... Uh, the empath's dick with being like they're the most compassionate people you'll ever meet and i'm just like that's not the same thing those aren't congruent but i get yeah. you have a 45 minute script so we can't delve into the nuance too much but still kind of yikesy moving on yeah um it, it, it was still a nice like again yeah it's a nice thing i i like these characters i i think there's a reason why i see so many fanfic of either Emma Grayling or her descendant who is also psychic traveling with the doctor. Wait, her... really? Yeah, I don't there's... read that much fanfic. I didn't know that. Yeah. She's like a semi-popular character. It's it, the, the, the plethora of OCs that people create to be companions still like trumps her, but she's like pretty yeah. high on the list of like side characters that are canon that people make companions because yeah. they like to. Yeah, and I mean RTD bias, but like this isn't like Linda with a Y that we're talking here. Like it's it's not like a it it is a side character from like a a quote unquote filler episode. Yeah, that's that's sure. impressive. Um, 
so yeah uh <laughs> i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm out of i'm out of stuff but like like i i normally normally i have more stuff but normally i have like i'm not nearly as busy as i've been uh so uh do you guys you guys got anything <laughs> normally we have more too but honestly today has been really busy and i'm very tired <laughs> yeah um i'll say i'll i guess i'll i'll lead off um with other things i like that are just smaller um i like how we get an explanation for why because sometimes doctor who will do this where we start out with like the setting that we're going to be like experiencing and then the doctor and the companion come in later i like that the ghost like emma figures out the ghost wasn't the reason the doctor came it was for her even though the impossible girl storyline is kind of boring once you figure out like what the answer is it, it's nice to at least see like some attempt to like thread the continuity there of like a reason the doctor is going on this adventure with clara um because it, it seems very specific like oh I'm going to hunt ghosts with you. I don't know. That was yeah. fun. And um, there was a line in the episode that I didn't, like, know for the longest time. Like, I didn't get this joke where it's like, what's the opposite of ignorance is bliss? And Clara says the ignorance of bliss yeah, is Yeah, well, I, I looked at that. I'm like, what is that joke? What so, is that? <laughs> so Carlisle is a UK is a city in the UK, and it has long been considered dull um, for, like, tourists. It, it's just like boring so oh okay that, that's basically like the, all right the that's extra a brit joke. joke sorry guys we're american yeah sorry <laughs> um so yeah just i don't know as i said it's a it's a weirdly it's a weirdly like quirky episode with like with the tone that doesn't really match the theme but it is it's quirky i like the characters it's, it's good yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah all right all right well moving on to ratings i guess um yeah i wish i i wish i could remember more of this episode uh i i think it's definitely pretty uh pretty interesting pretty solid got some nice atmosphere um i just d have had like a real 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 fucking train wreck of a week uh <laughs> Um, but I think what's there is pretty solid. It's, it's definitely, I think one of like Moffat era's better, like just kind of filler episodes. I definitely think. Um, and it's, uh, pretty cool, uh, that the side characters from this episode have apparently had like the, like fan work, uh, longevity, um, that, uh, that, uh like most like <coughs> normal companions get so that's cool um yeah it's a solid solid b yeah um this is another episode in a confined space sort of less than the submarine you get some mileage but like not really the the main you could call the house a character in this story i think um the atmosphere is great um characterization is pretty good even between 11 and clara um we won't really start to see that go downhill until probably next week <laughs> um mm -hmm. yeah 
just all in all, it's again, we're we're sort of in this period of like series six was sort of a downer um for many ways that we that I can't go all into right now, but we're kind of getting back to this like median like level of quality where it's just like, yeah, this is good. You know, and that and that's not bad. You need you need the good stuff. It can't always be like high like it can't always be like Jubilee level content and we we don't like it to always be chibnall uh level quality <laughs> so like this is this is good you know it's it's a fun time it's a fun watch um one last thing i'll bring up that i didn't bring up in the uh regular discussion of the episode is uh i think it's nice that uh emma and the professor's uh descendant is mixed and yeah. they're both white and they clearly could have just gone like oh your descendant is white but they didn't yeah. Um cuz that makes sense and everything. And that was, you know, that was a neat touch. I don't know. Um and it it it's it's definitely like another thing of like like again, I have issues with the current era, but some of the shit, the stink that people on the internet raise about this era is hilarious. Like if this happened today, people would be getting so pissy at it, but they don't because it was from before the current era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would have been just like Doctor Who goes woke and it goes broke, part yeah. seven thousand and thirteen. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a, just is a nice element, nice touch among the many nice touches in this episode. I'd give it a uh, to to B minus. Um, the minus because you kind of rushed the twist at the end. Yeah, and you didn't really. Yeah, need it. yeah, I'll do a B minus too. Actually, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but everything up until then is, like, it's either serviceable to actually pretty damn good. Alright, it's it's a very alright episode with some good stuff, and it looks okay. And yeah, it's a it's 6.75 out of 10. Yeah. Alright. Uh... Next week, we will be covering, uh... Shit, what is the... Is, what is the next episode? Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. Aw, oh, fuck! <laughs> God damn it. Uh, okay. Um... Uh, yeah. So that's, that's gonna be fun. Um, until then, uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at b2tardispod um you can uh support us on patreon for a number of benefits such as early access to episodes the ability to listen in live to episodes being recorded and potentially even the ability to guest star upon an episode of your choosing i'm jeff you can follow me on twitter weekly dl i am a hot single skeleton monster thing looking for others to date in the area please <laughs> Uh, inquiries at of mice and fems at the twitter.com um um i'm stella i i i words you can follow us at nomadoclastic and we will see you all next week 